0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Four Investors Podcast, where Wall Street meets Main Street. I'm Andrew Gay, along with Gilbert Pies, and we are the Texas Hill Country Advisors, independent financial advisors based in the beautiful Texas Hill Country. We discuss the latest from financial markets, the economy, and some general investor education. We help you cut through the Wall Street noise and focus on what's really important for your financial future. Hello, and good morning. Hey, Gilbert, how are you doing?
1: Good morning, sir. I'm doing fantastic. Thank you.
0: Well, I'm excited to to have this episode today and to talk about uh, the topic of today, which is the S and P hitting an all time high today, right now as yep. we speak. It's it's happening.
1: Yep, sure is. It's a pretty amazing thing, and as an investor, it, it's kind of what you live for. You you live for those days where the market's doing well. Because in 22 is a fine example, and, and even you know, a good chunk of 23, it was it was pretty tough to see anything positive in the market yeah
0: and it, and it was and you know it's very emotional and we can feel it especially doing what we do as independent wealth wealth managers um, and advisors you know it tugs at our heartstrings i think so we're our emotions sometimes go with the market but <laughs> nevertheless it's a great example of how emotional um, investing and the markets can be and that's why that's kind of why we exist to help Uh, coach clients through how to make decisions to navigate uh, those decisions to make them make good choices um, in emotional time. So let's start today off by talking a little bit about where we're at year to date. Uh, So we had this first few weeks of obviously we had the rally. Let's start there. Rally in the back end of last year. That's that went all the way until basically January 1st. And that was great. The consumer optimism showing uh, growth there in the last couple of months in in uh, 2023. But January started off kind of the market kind of started to sputter. We had one decent week, one not so decent week. Uh, seems like it was struggling to find a footing. And then all of a sudden, at the end of last week, uh, the S and P closed at an all time high. And then you add the first several days of trading this week, uh, it, it's doing it again. It pushed through that level and is now hitting somewhere close to the 4900 level, um, and if we look at a year-to-date perspective, uh, the S and P sitting somewhere around three, maybe a little more than three percent year-to-date, and that's that's a, that's taking into account the intraday level of where it's at. Right now, so that's that's a good bit above, and I would say seemingly more optimistic than maybe what we would have thought in the last couple of weeks. But nevertheless, that's where we're at. The Dow, also, I might add, uh, also hit a all-time, all-time uh, new high within the last week. So, uh, so let's start there. That kind of gives us a foundation of of what we're going to talk about today, based on kind of where we're at. Because what we really want to discuss is how did we get there, and why is this why is this happening? Right. Um, so, if you want to maybe start us off, Gilbert, just give us a little bit of tidbit about your initial thought uh, from a, a wealth manager perspective about how we got here.
1: Sure. Well, I think the the main thing is uh, we talk a little bit about the the why first. Why are we here at at all time record highs? And I think a lot of it has to do with the idea that the Feds, the or at least the market, is expecting the Federal Reserve to stop raising interest rates, and in fact they anticipate them to cut interest rates. And so if if you believe that the market was getting beat up pretty badly because the feds were raising interest rates, then you should probably also believe that if the feds cut interest rates, that that should do wonderful things for the market. And and I think that's really part of the, most of the reason why we're here right now. Uh, now, now, as far as um, how did we get here? Well, we, we obviously got here because... Um, the consumer spending is still very strong. Consumer job. confidence is still yeah. pretty good. Job market. The uh, job market's doing excellent. And of course, the main driver of our economy is consumer spending. And so if the consumer is doing well, they have jobs, they have money, they have savings, um, that is the primary driver of our economy. And, and of course, the stock market, S&P, the NASDAQ, the Dow, they are predictive measures of future profits of companies. And so at least that's what they're supposed to do. And there's actually a formula that you can use to figure out the, the the actual true stock price of a, of a company. Um, But, but, you know, it doesn't take into the intangibles of what could happen to a stock. So um, there's, there's some good consumer confidence. There's still consumer spending, and that's the main driver of our economy. So I think those are the the two, the how and the why uh, for where we're at right now with the stock market.
0: Yeah. And I think the other thing I wanted to mention about that that I thought was really interesting, and we talked about this the other day on our previous episode about the four things that are top of mind for investors in 2024 um, is around the Fed rate cut narrative and how the stock markets performed historically leading up to that easing cycle you know when they're raising rates that's considered a tightening cycle right now we're looking at this easing cycle but the stock market historically going back to the 1970s all the rate hiking and easing cycles since then um has performed at about i think it was down about 1.8 percent in the on average in the three months leading up to when the fed actually cut rates but then of course after that for the the remainder of the easing cycle uh it Posted something like twenty percent average gains over over the remaining easing cycle, but we're not seeing that yet. And if and if the Fed is positioned to cut in the spring, you know the stock market is not doesn't seem like it's uh, positioned to lose any ground or any of the uh, steam or or optimism so far. So um, I don't know if that's bucking the trend. We got a few months. We're only <laughs> the back half of uh, January, so we got a few months to go.
1: Well, I think that that brings into the conversation then, well, when's the Fed going to lower interest rates? And that's the million dollar question I think that none of us can answer. Right. The market thinks they're going to do it starting in March. Uh, I think there's a lot of people that would counter that argument and say, no way, no how. Not even this year. I've heard some people say, oh, not, not no way in 24. They won't do it till 25 or they won't do it till the end of 24 after the election because they don't want to be seen influencing the presidential election one way or the other. Uh, th- there's all kinds of explanations. So sometime between March and December 31st of 2024 is I think the the true answer. When exactly is that going to be? I have no idea, but I think right. that that kind of begs the question, well, when are they going to do it? And And of course, we also know that Things can change pretty quickly in the market, uh, depending on what uh, the sentiment is in the market, what news that's happening, um, short-term volatility, geopolitical events, uh, oil prices. I mean, you name it, things can make the market shift pretty rapidly. So I, I would submit to you that it remains to be seen. And and I I would, if if somebody was asking me, when do I think the feds are going to lower interest rates? I would say probably not until we get some big changes in inflation. In other words, getting down closer to the 2% level. Uh, and if we had a big change in the unemployment rate, because those are the Fed's two mandates. Well, and so- Unemployment and
0: inflation. So the question there I think is, is when they do cut rates, whenever that is, why are they gonna be cutting rates? Is it because of disinflationary you know, pressures? And it looks like that's easing in the way, in the direction they want. Um, or is it because cracks start to deepen in economic activity and they start to see a deteriorating economic um, landscape? And then, you know, those are two very different reasons about why they would cut rates and can also uh, mean different things for the other uh, pieces of the financial market. Sure, right? sure, of course. Yeah. Um, so I think the, uh, the last thing that we wanted to talk about here um, today was – about when the fed cuts rates okay so i talked about the about this point this morning um on the lead with our friend lewis there and it was kind of a, a tale of two investors like w- who would want to pay closer closer attention to when the fed is going to cut rates and and who doesn't it really matter for and i would say first up would be the long-term perspective if you're a long-term investor i don't think that there's necessarily a A real big need to focus on when exactly the Fed is going to cut rates because whether they cut it in the spring in the summer or not even until 2025 if you're a long-term investor um, and you're allocated uh, appropriately in your views over the long term that that's kind of a short-term issue and doesn't wouldn't really make too much of a difference in the big scheme of things right Um, however on the other hand if you're someone that has some of that 6 trillion dollars sitting in money market accounts or in cash or equivalents on the sideline, you know, maybe maybe you do kind of pay attention to when the fed's going to cut rates because this is signaling that when they start that process or start talking about it, and we get closer to that that rates have probably peaked out for this hiking cycle, which is maybe a good idea to discuss possibly locking in some of those some of those rates and and you know, just to think about what we've done over the last few months with a lot of clients, what we've been talking about, and actually locking in um, uh, some of those rates for clients, it's been around that same narrative that we think rates might continue to fall, like they have been over the last two or three months. And if the Fed cuts, they're probably going to continue to fall. So now might be a good time to look at locking in some of that uh, the higher rate, whether it's a, a fixed product like a fixed annuity or a brokered CD. Um, there's options out there that that you can take as an investor where your money isn't necessarily invested in the market, um, but you're, you're still able to gain some kind of, of return um, in the interim and take advantage of some of those higher rates while they're still, while they're still high.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I think uh, if, if you're, you're exactly right that if you're a long-term investor, the swings, uh, short-term swings in the fed funds rate is, is really not that big a deal for the long-term because we're talking about a rate rise cycle that took place over 18 months. Uh, we could potentially be looking at a rate decrease cycle of another 18 to 24 months, maybe longer, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but 18 months does not make a long-term investment profile. 24 months does not make that. Three years doesn't make that. Five years doesn't make a long-term investment profile. So the short-term swings of the Fed funds rate is is really immaterial, but that that doesn't mean that there's not some opportunities to do something um, different, whether whether rates are going up or down, and and you're exactly right. For a lot of our customers, what we've been doing over the last few months is talking about, hey, listen, it seems like rates are peaking out. Now might be a good time to consider a locking in a rate, whether it's a bond, a CD, an annuity. Um, some kind of a product that can allow you to lock in these higher rates that we have right now versus where they were three, four years ago where they were practically at zero. Um, It it can, it can give you some flexibility to lock in that term and and bonds are a great place to do that. Whether it's tax-free or municipal bonds, Uh, preferred stocks are a great example of that Uh, because if we go into a rate decrease cycle, Nobody knows how long that's going to be, and nobody knows how low rates are going to go um it's It's probably a fair assessment to say they're probably not going back to zero anytime soon, right but that doesn't mean they won't be a lot lower than where they're at right now and, and um there are some definite opportunities to look at right now for locking in those higher rates um but i i would I agree with you wholeheartedly in that there's there's always opportunities out there doesn't matter what's going on. And for the most part, a lot of what goes on in the stock market, by the Fed, in the geopolitical outlook, uh, in the presidential election, in the congressional elections, a lot of that stuff is just noise. It's just noise. It's just a contributing factor to some of the short-term swings in the market. Um, We're always focusing on the long-term. And the long-term right now, Things look good. Yes.
0: That's a wonderful note to end it on. So we will stop there for today. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, don't forget, interact with us, share our content. helps other people find the show. We're on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube at least once a week. And uh, we just, we're just we grateful for all of you viewers, your listeners. Um, thank you so much. We'll catch you next time. Have a good rest of your day. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Next Financial Group. Member FINRA sipic Texas Hill Country Advisors is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. This material is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of Andrew Gay and Gilbert Pies and Texas Hill Country Advisors and not those of Next Financial Group. The S&P 500 is a market cap-weighted index composed of common stocks of 500 leading companies and leading industries of the U.S. economy. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price-weighted index of 30 actively traded blue-chip stocks.